Welcome to Better Business Building, where I'm your host, Adam Menderich, where I talk to business leaders from all shapes of life about what's worked for them and how they can help you win. Well, thanks so much for coming on my show of Better Business Building. Matt, welcome. Thanks, man. Good to be here. Excellent, excellent. So same as always, I'll, I'll switch straight across to you. Um, tell me a little bit more about what you do. So I coach uh, sales managers. And if you want to get even more specific on sales managers, um, I really look for beginning sales managers. So <laughs> if you think about sales, how, how, how does your career usually go, right? You get yeah. recruited into sales. Then you, you start this sales job. You don't even really know what it is. Um, then you get trained, you learn sales process, you're, you're, you're an individual contributor, right? You get good at that. Um, you become a top performer on your team. And then it seems like the next step is always, mm-hmm. Hey, would you want to get into sales management? Yeah. So you're like, well, sure. That'd be cool to, to get promoted. And I get to tell people what to do. And then all of a sudden you get promoted and you're, and you're sitting there and you're like, wait a second, what, what am I supposed to do? Um, cause at least what I've found over the years, I've been doing this, you know, 12 years I've been in sales leadership, you know, those first couple of years, I just didn't have, I didn't have any process or training or really know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I did what I think what a lot of people do is, okay, well, I was good at sales. I'm just going to teach people to do it how I did. And most people have different styles. Not a lot of people have the same style I did, right? So then you try to teach people this and they don't pick it up. And I just kept saying the same thing over and over again. And I, and I thought to myself, either I stink at this, right? Mm-hmm. Or I have the worst team in the world and I need to fire everybody. And I can actually remember my mentor saying one time, hey, you know, we, we, we can't just fire everybody. You know, we, we kind of got to, you know, figure this stuff out. Um, so it took me, he would always tell me, you know, you can't save everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. always thought I could solve all the problems, teach them, you know, exactly how I did and, and basically solve the world. Right. But it doesn't just never work that way. Yeah. Um, so what I really learned, I would say early in my career, I was subjective and emotional, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. To probably bad terms to use in sales leadership um and then figured out a way to you know take some of the emotion out of it by making everything objective Mm -hmm. yeah so from that i created you know i call it moneyball for managers if you've ever seen the movie moneyball with brad pitt yeah um but i i break down things into this simple six-step process that basically categorizes and ranked and looked at everything objectively, you know, and then you can use that to, you know, help you make decisions and figure out where, where should I spend my time? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So diving into a little bit of a few things that you've said there, um, you've been doing that for 12 years. Um, What do you, what are your thoughts on, because some of these managers might've come from obviously these guys that would have started in that time would have, already been operating in the SDR AE split out, right? So did yeah. how do you see then managing people that um, would be new to doing either of those roles, but not necessarily knowing how to look at the full picture? 
Like, how do you cope with that? Because obviously prior to that time, we would have seen full cycle people that had, I like to say that their skill set was a, a little bit higher because they'd be more senior. Whereas now what I see is a lot of the causation of the problem is that we've got entry level people that rush to get um, accelerated within their career to the next position along this cog that we've created since 2011, but that's indirectly causing the problem. So, but that would also be heightening your usage, well, requirement for usage because they wouldn't have the skills at each end of the cog post really. So how do you deal with that? I would say, I would, what do you think, when did the term SDR become a thing? Because it happened kind of during my, one of my first startup where we started exactly what you're saying. We were full cycle. Mm -hmm. We were prospecting, we were closing and we were retaining. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Startup has no money. So you kind of have to start that way. Yeah. Then I would say 2013, 14, you started hearing that term SDR. Yeah. And we actually created, we started an SDR team probably in 2015. Yeah. Right. And I can tell you that the SDR team was so bad when it started that we couldn't get our sales reps to take their meetings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it happened is because we designed the comp plan wrong. And we basically were like, hey, just, just book meetings in this vertical, right? And didn't give any other KPIs on the companies. Yep. And then, of, of course, what they did was book bad meetings, Yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so they booked bad meetings. Sales reps didn't even want to take the, take the meetings. So now I actually des designed a whole new comp plan around, hey, book these meetings. I made it all objective, right? Yeah. Book these meetings and you're going to get paid this much. So they get paid anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars for those meetings. But if you want to drive behavior, just fix the comp plan. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. To your point, I think you have to have a clear path, you know, on how to get promoted. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of managers struggle because they don't have everything like a clear path into here's how you get from this spot to this spot. Here's probably how long it's going to take. Yeah. I think especially now we're all trying to fight for this talent. And it's kind of like we do with our clients. Sometimes we lie about the role. Yeah. Just to get people hired mm -hmm. and then they get hired. They're, they're doing something that they weren't expecting to do and then they don't like it. And then they want to get promoted as fast as possible or they just jump ship. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I guess further into that, I just, yeah. So what I see is people that have come through that modeling with the split out don't necessarily have the skill set. They definitely can't, like they, they just can't do it. So if you ask them then like how to, so you would see people that are wanting to get promoted really, really quickly, but that, that they've got even less skills in each of those silos that, yeah, than what we would have had before. And um, they definitely can't manage other people's to, to get to where they need to go because they're all in a rush to get to the next thing. And, and, and everybody's in a rush. And, and here's where I think you, you can, you can fix that. And, and I believe this when you're selling accounts and I think this goes for anything in life, set proper expectations when you're talking to people. Okay. So honestly, this is what I used to do. Uh, you know, you know, Jeb, Jeb Blount, he's, no. a, he's a, he's a popular author in the U S yeah. He's got a book that's called Fanatical Prospecting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
if you listen to the first half hour of this book, you would say to yourself, who would ever want to do that job? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it talks about how hard it is to prospect. I mean, it is, you know, you got to get a hundred no's for a yes. Then the yes doesn't show up. And you know what I mean? It's, it's, it really is. It's a, it's a numbers game. Okay. But this is what I used to do. And no, no joke. I'd ask them a couple questions in my style. I can kind of tell if I like somebody right away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I like to see they should be interviewing me just as much as I'm interviewing them. Yeah. Right. And then we go through the interview. I said, okay, here's the scoop. This job kind of sucks. Okay. It's, it's an SDR job, but the, the reason is we're a growing company. You want to get your foot in the door. Here's how you get promoted, but here's what I need you to do. I'm going to send you this book and I'm not even telling you to listen to the whole thing. You listen to the first half an hour and then you tell me if you're interested in the job, because that's the job, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. you're not going to get promoted in six months, but I'm going to get you to where you need to go in a year and you're going to work for me above a month. And it's amazing what I learned from that. Yeah. Because I would know if somebody downloaded it or not, you know, half the people wouldn't even download the, the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I'd get other people that would message me back and say, hey, you know, I listened to the first half an hour and and this just isn't for me. Yeah. Right. Okay, great. I I don't I don't want it to be for you if it's if it's not Not for you. you. But then I would get I can still remember some of the emails that I got back from candidates that would say they would write out quotes that they listened to and talk about. Here's how they got into accounts. Right. So I looked at setting that expectation, you know, for hiring an SDR being like, hey, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Here's how you're going to grow. Because if you don't do that and people don't know what they're signing up for, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like lying about what your product does and then wonder why people are, you yeah. know, calling you three days after they sign up. So I think that's a long answer, but it really, with, with anything, proper expectations, just tell them, hey, here's what it is. Do you, do you want to work for me or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I guess that leads me to my next question is, um, so how do you go with coaching some of these new managers in these roles? So here's one of the things that I see with new managers, and it's almost every time. Right, because mm-hmm. I, I I go through kind of a checklist of questions just to figure out, hey, where are you at, listener? So I get I get this one answer almost every time about what they don't like about the position, mm-hmm. right? And it's, you know, people just don't care as much as I do, mm-hmm. and of yeah. course they don't. Like most people are just at a job like to make money. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, like. Hey, do I like this enough? Can I make enough to support a living? And it's just a job. I clock in and I clock out. And I basically do just the, just the minimum amount, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it drives, are you a basketball fan? Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't watched it a whole lot for a while though, but yeah. You know, Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Phil had to get it through Kobe's head because Kobe used to always complain about this. It's like, nobody works as hard as I do. You know what I mean? Like, I hate these guys and blah, blah, blah. And Phil's like, Kobe, you're 10. Like, nobody even has your 10. Like, if somebody else is at a seven, that's basically your 10. You know what I mean? So you have to stop thinking that way, you know? 
or you're going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. think that's happened to me in management. Right. It's like, yeah. why doesn't anybody care as much? Well, of course they don't care as much. Mm. And then the other thing that I see, and I actually have it on my board back here. I'll show you in a second. Um, they spend too much time with their worst performers. Mm -hmm. So remember, I was talking to you earlier about, I used to think I could save everybody and I'd try to kill myself to help somebody hit their number. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you spend all your time with your worst performers because you feel like, hey, you, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. my fault that they're not good at their job. I've, I've thought that before. I'm like, you know yeah. what? I, if they can't do it, I blame myself for that. Yeah. But what you find out, let me show you this real quick if you can see it. Yeah. 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 I have this, I have this diagram back here. Okay. And I call it the ATM approach. I, we, I nickname it the ATM. It's an acronym because, mm -hmm. Hey, you treat your team like you treat your bank account, right? Yeah. You put, you spend your time where you should spend your time. If you put good investments in your account, it's going to grow, right? If you yeah. put bad investments in your account, it's not. So when you think of sales teams, you've been on or managed in the past, right? Tell me if I'm off base here, but this is pretty much how it works out. Your, your A stands for awesome reps, yeah. right? Pretty self-explanatory. That's usually, let's just say 10% of your team, okay? Yeah. Your T, about 80%, that's your typical reps, mm -hmm. okay? That's, yeah. that's the majority makeup of your team. That's typical. Your M, your M, bottom tier, they're a mess no matter what you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've given yeah. them the right amount. Yeah. They're probably on your way out, right? And I and I go through, this is the first thing I do with every rep and say, hey, rank your, let's rank your team, right? And let's pick four to six metrics so we can fairly do yeah. it. And if they're yeah. hitting four out of four, they're an awesome rep. If they're hitting, you know, two to three, they're typical. If they're hitting none, you know, they're M. And the first thing I think you need to do is just start with what do I have right now, right? Mm. Where am I at right now? And then how do I go? Where do I go from there? Okay. Yeah. Cause a lot of times what will happen, I had this happen a couple of weeks ago. I'm going through an initial call. Yeah. Ranks out his team of 12. He had four awesome. He had four typical and he had four mess. It just, it mm. hardly ever works out that way, but that's yeah, how yeah. it works out. Yep. And I said, where are you spending the majority of your time? He goes, oh my God. He goes, I spend all my time with my mess reps. He goes, I'm, I'm pulling my hair out. And I tell him, I said, let me guess. You talk about the same things every week. He goes, every single week. Yeah. Right. And when you do that, you start to think, God, I'm a terrible manager. When the fact of the matter is, I think you said it earlier, some people are just never going to get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you should spend the majority of your time with your T's and your A's because those are the people that actually have a mm -hmm. chance to make the difference. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been in the same position before. Yeah. In a team of 16. Every, I won't give you the breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's kind of my first step. Right. My second step is a system to interview people and hire the right people. My third step is onboarding. I think, I think onboarding right now is kind of a mess. Mm -hmm. 
I, I literally have somebody, I have another client that works for a public company. He just got promoted. He had to hire eight people. So he's starting a team from scratch. Yeah. They go through a three week corporate onboarding that basically I said, how much of it is just fluff and doesn't tell, you know, it doesn't tell you anything. He goes, all of it. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You get people starting these jobs. They're hungry. They're ready to go. You know, they're ready to learn. And then we put them through a three week or a week long, terrible onboarding process mm -hmm. that they don't really even learn how to do the job. You know what I mean? And there you are a month later and you're like, holy cow, these guys don't know anything, you yeah. know? So yep. kind of onboarding. Then I think a huge one is setting expectations then coaching. And then one of the big ones that I think, I think makes or breaks sales reps are how to go after the right accounts and what are the really good accounts to go after and what don't you spend time on? Yeah. Well, there's a lot there. What do you think the biggest thing that you've learned on this journey of coaching these um, newer sales reps is? They, I, I think for them, it's, I've been in this situation where it's, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In, in, at least when I get overwhelmed and I, I get this a lot, when you get overwhelmed, sometimes you don't even know where to start. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? And like, it's, it's so weird. We talk about, and every company talks about sales process, right? Yeah. So we know how to close a deal. We know how to contact somebody. We know what to message them. Uh, we know how to do an intro. We know how to do discovery, create a need, close all that stuff. Yeah. But in managing, we wonder why new managers, all they do is chase and help people close deals. Mm -hmm. It's because that's all they know how to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they don't have a step-by-step -step process into, okay, let me start here by figuring out where I'm at. You know what I mean? And how do I manage? How do I coach? You know, most of us just jump on every call we can and think that, boy, if I help people close deals, that's how it's going to go. The problem is you don't really develop anybody. Yeah. 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 No, it couldn't be more true. Um, yeah. Well, already, I think that your approach is, is better and different from what I've heard from um, people doing it. So, um, yeah. That's the, that's the idea. It's really not, it's not complicated. I think the simpler you keep everything, the more people can follow it. Um, <laughs> But I think just having a management process, just like you did a sales process, is gonna is gonna be half the battle. Yeah, yeah, and it really needs to be moving away. In my experience, you can tell me if I'm way off mark from dashboard management, but more inspiring result management. So, um, well, I honestly, this is where I think people miss right? Everybody has a number, mm, mm. right? I mean, how many sales orgs do you don't know where it's like, it's not the monthly number. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's always the monthly number. Well, time goes so fast. You know, I just looked the other day, it's June 1st. I'm like, oh my God, the year's almost halfway over. How'd that happen? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, how is it? How is it June 1st? Already? But what if, and I've never done this before, but I kind of have like to a point. Mm -hmm. If you took away the number and just focused on 
the small individual things that you have to do every day in order to get to that number. Yep. I swear you'd win in the end versus just having the number. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yep. people look at that number and like, oh my God, I got to hit 100K again this month or whatever their number is. And like, how am I going to get there? If you break it down, yeah. it's much more quantifiable if you just focus on the small little things that you need to do each day. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's why, I mean, how many times have you been in this situation? I've been in it so many times as a rep and a manager. It's not even funny. It's like, I have one rep that does everything right all the time, and it just hasn't happened for him. You know what I mean? People would even call that a slump. I hate the word slump. Mm -hmm. But I actually know, like, if you're doing the right activity day in and day out, you're hitting the daily metrics that you need to hit, it's going to happen. Yeah. Versus the other rep that just got lucky, you know what I mean? And they got the two best accounts, and they, you know that they're going to fail in the long run. Mm -hmm. but that's you know what i mean like yep. sometimes it just happens and it i think it drives reps and managers crazy but i'm with you just the the small little things each day motivate around that mm -hmm. versus the person that closes the big deal that was lucky that you know what i mean it just happened just happened to happen because i think that turns people off yeah yeah especially if the structure around that is to amp up that person's result when you know that they just fell over it in the first place right yeah yeah and like, and they're going on, on about, go ahead yeah or they're going on and on about the commission from that right and i just i just look at things like that like are you serious like you like that could just be a situation where they were the person that took the lead out of like the the incoming tender please reply here it doesn't mean that they got to the right account. It and, and means here, that someone here, sourced them. This, this, this honestly, God, I've heard this happen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the biggest deals in a company's, in a, in our company's history happened this one time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And somebody asked the guy that closed, honest to God, this happened. Yeah. Boy. And can you walk us, can you walk us through the deal? Can you, can you say step-by-step step what happened and this and that? And this is rep goes, um, honestly, I, I showed up. I, I didn't really sell anything. I couldn't believe that they actually were going to buy. And I, they asked me, Hey, how do we do this next? And I was just in the right place at the right time. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. 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 I've, I've, um, I've, I've heard examples where, further than that like i.e like break down what your, your outreach process was and they're like well i didn't have one <laughs> um, like i replied to would you like to fill out this tender request right i'm like what but when that stuff happens yeah. it it hurts you as a leader yeah you yeah. know what i mean if you don't have your your systems Set up well because how it should be how it should go is hey and I, i've had this happen this is why accounts are so important mm -hmm. i've had i had a rep one year three years in a row made over 250 grand yeah okay the reason that he did that is because he went we, we ranked everything in green red yellow accounts okay green mm -hmm. was best accounts yeah. 
yellow was mid and, and red was low. Yeah. I said, the only reason that he makes this amount of money is if you've looked at all the meetings that he's booked, he was a really good prospector too. If you looked at all the meetings he booked and ran, they were all green accounts. Yeah. If our close percentage is 12.5%, which it was, yeah. that means one out of about every 10, he's going to close. But here's the thing. The, what he's going to close is the green account. Yeah. Which means that's the account that spends this much money. That's why he makes 250 grand versus the rep over here that goes after two greens, you know, seven yellows because they're easier to book meeting with and two reds. Mm -hmm. They're not going to close the, the green. It doesn't work that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's always better when people are doing the right activity, mm. you know, as the manager, but it's your job to get everybody to do that, but you'd be much more respected in the end. The managers in those departments need to own that. If someone, if, if a rep has just fallen over the biggest account in history, because it's sending the wrong message, if you amp up, oh, they're going to get this much commission because of the actions they took when the team knows, well, what actions they took? They didn't take any actions. So, yeah, that's one thing that I've seen again and again and again. And I'm just like, I don't know if that's how we're going to build a good culture. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It falls apart. <laughs> it falls apart. People get mad and people leave. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think that if you set, here's the other, here's the other thing that, that happens. When people get fired for poor performance and you mm. don't have everything laid up and set up right, then everybody gets scared. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if you have everything laid up and set up right and have TVs around or however you want to, it should actually be yeah. the other way. I got to a point where I didn't have to fire people anymore because they just knew. Yeah. They fired themselves because they're like, Jesus, I can't do I can't. this job. Yeah, 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 yep. You know what I mean? And everybody yeah. else knew it too versus we, we had a culture of no surprises. And I, I did think I had it set up one time where there was no way anybody was going to be surprised that this one guy got fired. Mm -hmm. And I brought everybody, hey, you know, so-and-so is not with the company anymore, blah, blah, blah. And they said, you got to be kidding me. How, how's that possible? I said, what do you mean? Like he hasn't sold anything for three months. And she was right. She said, yeah, but if you look at everything that he's sold, he's actually ahead of his number, you know, over time versus the last three months. And I was like, I have it set up wrong. You know what I yeah. mean? Because yeah, she yeah, was yeah. right. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. And, you know, I lost some respect for that. But I mean, I, I still yeah. stand by what I did. I just didn't, didn't have it objectively set up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, given the depth of what we just talked about there, who do you think who is your ideal ICP like, or who do you think you can help the most? People, zero to two years, but I even say because mm -hmm. somebody might have been a manager for the last two years and and just hasn't really figured it out yet. Yeah, but realistically, I like getting people that have just been promoted. Mm -hmm. Just so I can get ahead of the problems. Yeah. You know, listen, I, it's pretty much every sales org is, is a lot alike, right? Mm -hmm. I think it, you've probably been in different, you know, yeah. industries, but I mean, there's a lot of the same. And one of the questions that I, I ask new people is, what do you, 
what are you most scared of? And it's, it's kind of what I don't, I don't know what I don't know. And I don't know what problems ahead. Right. And I, and I, and one of the things that I, I talk about is do you spend more time in your pipeline or more time on the structure of your team? Mm -hmm. Because if you spend all your time in pipeline, you've, you've had managers, I'm sure in the past be like, Hey, Adam, when, when's that coming in? Hey, can yeah. I hop on that call? Hey, did that close? Did that close yesterday? You know what I mean? All that stuff. You're just being annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've all, yeah. Yeah. We've all had bosses like that versus do you spend more time on your structure, right? Which is, Hey, here's my expectation. Here's my, here's how my training, here's how my one-on-ones go. Here's how I know when I fire or promote somebody. Like, do you set up the game right for your team to make it easy to win? Because let's sales is hard enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a game, right? And if you have a leader that's able to make it easy for you to know hey, if I do this and I follow these steps and I work on my craft and I do all this stuff, am I set up to win? Mm -hmm. Or do I just have a manager that every week is asking what's in my pipeline? What can I do to help you? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think there's, if you spend more time on your structure and everybody knows, hey, if we do this, we're going to win because this is the numbers and this is the game of how to set it up versus... <laughs> I mean, I've had jobs where I'm like, oh, am, am I, am I good? Like I didn't hit my number last month, but nobody ever really says anything to me. I don't know. Right. So I just think that's, that's huge where think about it. A new manager has no bad habits. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Doesn't really know, hasn't really got any training. If they yeah. did this from day one, they'd be, you know, they'd be perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, hopefully there's always that. Yeah, couldn't agree more with what you said there. Unfortunately, in my experience, most of the management fall into the bucket that you're, you're not wanting them to fall into. Um, definitely they're not. So what I used to do is run, um, I used to call it set for success factors. And then that would be, these are the things that we're going to, to, to these are the structures. This is how we're going to get there. If we do this, this will inspire you at each touch point to get to here. And um, then you didn't need to look at the other things. No. So, yeah. But most don't do it that way. And I don't know why. Like, yeah. And, and here's the thing. When you do that, okay, I think there's so many company, companies that set a number that nobody thinks really attainable. Mm -hmm. you know what yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. Yeah. It's, I've, it's I've like, seen. Wait a second. That's our number? Who, who's, what, we're going to have two people hit that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or it could even it could be mathematically impossible from their total total addressable market. Right. Like if, you, if you run the numbers from Gartner backwards of a conversion rate from lead to conversation to meeting to contract, it's actually math in, in a lot of cases that's actually mathematically impossible. Like you'd have to be the best person on the planet to close those deals. And if you point that out, you'd just be like, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it does happen. 100% and they're just like who made who made these numbers is that what they need to succeed at a business level maybe but is it mathematically impossible is that possible so if we web scraped that total addressable market and worked out from that is that possible 
in most cases you'd find the answer is no. I, I, I had, had, a, I had a meeting the other day and I'm, I'm, I'm asking him, I'm like, well, what's, what's, uh, what's your guys math? Like, do you agree with the number? No. I'm like, well, why don't you agree with the number? Well, I'm, I'm figuring out my, like the forecasting's confusing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, here's the thing. If it's confusing, like if you're confused and, and you are a top individual contributor yeah. and you're confused by the forecasting, what do you think your team thinks of the forecasting? Because forecasting is a lot of fluff, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can't see through the fluff, I don't, I, I don't know why half companies forecast anyway. It's all crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you should pick a couple of metrics that you know, right, where you can talk to your VP of sales or your CEO and been like, you do two things with this. For one, you can prove that the number's not right, right? Yep. But let's just say the number's right and you're behind, you can at least tell a story of, hey, here's the main two metrics that I look at. I know that if we do this on back-to-back -back months, I know we're behind our number, but I know the math's gonna work out and we'll be at 105% in two months, right? <laughs> yep. That's a different conversation than just not having any clue of, yeah. you know, what's yeah. going on. But a lot of people just don't, you know, know how to do that. Yeah. Well, I think that that's, so I used to coin that phrase, that's real talk versus fluffy talk. So, so yeah, I've reported to um, a lot of strategy councils in the past in global, like global companies, I won't mention them, but um, yeah, I would get in trouble for being too real and raw, but then they realized I was right instead of just walking around with a piece of paper and a pen saying, nah, we're going to do this. And um, well, you know, Adam, it's funny. I used to argue, I had a CEO that I didn't, I did not get along with. I, I we used to butt heads all the time. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that I, he was, he was an engineer type. He was, everything was black and white. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. oh my God. And he used to challenge us. You sit in our room, finance, uh, head of operations, head of sales. And he would say, it, it'd be January 6th. And he'd say, what's the, what's, what are we going to be at March 31st? <laughs> I'd be like, I feel like, it's advertising. I, I don't know who's going to stay and who's going to go. And, and, you know, and you get, I get a lot of answers like that from yeah. beginning managers. Mm -hmm. Well, there's too many variables. There's too this, there's too that. And he used to drill us on that every day. Mm -hmm. And within two months, we put together a system that was simple to follow that we could get within 5% of the numbers, you know, three, four months down the yeah. road. Yeah. Yeah. And I could never thank him enough for that because I just yeah. didn't think it could be done. And I know if we could do it there, you could essentially do it everywhere. Anyway, but yeah. you got to be, I, I love your real talk versus fluffy talk because yeah. if you fluff, you can fluff talk for a while, but it's going to catch up with you. Yeah. So where I think if you have the real conversations, you're just better off in the long run. <laughs> you know, the yeah, fun, yeah. Yep. Fluff catches up with you. Yep. 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 Now, yeah, we could talk about this all day, but if there are any tips for the listeners, for the new um, sales managers out there, what would they be? 
if you're if you're struggling, if you're overwhelmed, right? And I think we could go back to what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You got to sit down and, and you got to have, you got to start somewhere, right? And if you've read the book, Good to Great, the whole book is about do, do the right, do the right, do you have the right people on your team? Okay. Cause if, if you have the wrong, if you have the wrong team, you're just, you're never going to win. Right. So like, just take an honest look of where you're at and say, all right, usually teams have 10 to 12 people. Let me figure out a way to stack rank these and see, Hey, how many awesome reps do I have? How many typical reps do I have? And do I have four mess reps that are just killing my culture and bringing the whole team down? And am I spending a majority of my time there? Because if I'm spending all of my time trying to save them, that means my good people aren't getting my attention. They aren't getting better and I'm not developing people. Yep. You got to start somewhere. I'd start there. Yep. And I think the real thing is a manager. I know that you have a number and that's like how you're, that's how you're judged. But I would really take a look at myself and say, how many managers am I developing myself or how many people am I taking from T to A, right? How many people am I getting promoted? Like your job's to develop people. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, you're going to, it's going to take care of yourself in the long run. But yeah. if all you're doing is running around chasing deals and helping people hit their number, you're just going to be in that rat race forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 this conversation has been amazing. Um, if people love what you've said, um, where can they best contact you? Um, I'm all, so I have a website that is my name. So it's mattdferguson.com. Yep. Okay. And then you can subscribe to my ATM approach. I have an ebook on there. And then I have a newsletter that I send out once a week that includes a video and a post. And then I'm, I'm all over LinkedIn as well. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, It's been a pleasure. Amazing chat. Thanks again. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. If you, like me, have received great value from my guest, please like, share and follow. See you next time.